0: We're going to do a live Bible study with Matt. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me and uh, let's count it down. Good morning, good morning. Oh, it looks like it's muted. No, there we go. We're good. Okay, awesome. Hey, thanks for jumping in and joining me today. It is Live Bible Study with Matt Day, and today we're going to dig in on something uh, that we haven't done in a while. Typically, I jump in and we wrestle with uh, scripture from Jesus, but today we're going to talk about Jonah, and we're actually going to talk about how, uh, well, we're going to talk about do we really want God to be merciful? So That's what we're going to dig in on today. Good morning, Adam. What's up, bro? Great to see you. Thank you so much for jumping on live. Oh, and speaking of comments like Adam's, if you're watching on uh, facebook.com forward slash one moment away or youtube.com forward slash Jesus way, I can see your comments live. If you're just watching on my personal page or in one of the groups, I can't see your live comments right now, but I will go back and always answer them. Before I kick off today's stuff uh, and today's Bible study, I wanna point out a few things. Uh, If you're not already subscribed, would you just go to youtube.com forward slash Jesusway and subscribe, it would really help me out. I would love it if you guys could help me that way. Second is this, we're kicking off a house church ministry. Uh, Go to besaltandlight.church if you wanna get updates on that. We would love, 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 love it if you would join us. Last but certainly not least, Listen, texting is the number one way people communicate. So if you want to stay up to date on things going on, you don't just have to join the email list. You can actually also uh, go ahead and uh, text in, and I'm going to put it on the screen here for you so that you know what to text. But if you text the word church to the phone number that I'm about to pop on the screen, uh, you will get updated when we kick off all the house church stuff. So boom, I'm going to pop this right on the screen, right over my face, boom, right there. Boom, text church to the number 833 524 0592. That's 833 524 0592. Standard text and data rates apply. Have to tell you that part. So if you uh do that you can opt in and you'll get text updates as uh be salt and light house church kicks off by the way this will not be a sunday morning thing this will actually be an evening thing think of it like a connect group mixed with a little bit of teaching at the beginning Uh, our whole goal is to be disciples who make disciples and uh, we want to create conversation without condemnation and a lot of people would feel safer doing that in their home uh, especially those folks who just won't walk into church so Something my wife and I really feel called to by God, we're really passionate about, and so uh, we'd love if you'd join us on the journey. So one more time to get updates on that, just text CHURCH to eight three three five two four zero five nine two, 524 592 standard messaging rate supply. Last but not least, if you're a guy and you need some coaching, hey, I'm your guy. Go to valuedrivencoach.com, I would love to help you out. The first consultation is always 100% free. <clears throat> okay, all that stuff is done and today we're going to talk about god's mercy now here's the crazy thing um a lot of us have heard the story of jonah as kids maybe um you know we hear the story like jonah got swallowed by a whale and then he got puked up on the shores of nineveh and all the people worship god yay and then the story's over but that's not really the end of the story so i want to share with you in the book of jonah it's like so short it's four chapters they're really short and i'm going to read them kind of fast But this morning's Bible study, uh, you know, I was praying this morning, like, God, what should I really wrestle with today? And, uh, I really felt like something stood out to me that was so strong, which is just, I I felt this question, like, do we actually want God to be merciful? Do we want him to be merciful? Now on the surface, the answer is yes. I would love for God to be merciful with me, right? Like I know that, uh, when I, when I first became a believer, it was like 21 years ago, 22 years ago, and I was so on fire for like living like Jesus, and I went like headlong into study. Those that know me know when I get passionate about something, I jump in with both feet. Uh, so I studied. I, I wanted to plant a church. I got my ordination, and I, like I spent a summer studying Greek, which I was mind numbing. But then fast forward time like uh, 10 years and I went through a crisis of faith and walked away for like six years. Now walking with God again, I am so grateful for his mercy. But I find that sometimes uh, there are situations where I think of other people and the way that they hurt someone else, right? And I'll give you something easy to identify with. Uh, Let's talk about the Taliban, Afghanistan. And I see the atrocities and the horrors that people are are creating around the world, and I go, oof, you know, my my flesh wants to say, God, take them down. Like, that's what they deserve, right? But I listened, uh, I was listening to a podcast and reading through the Book of Jonah a couple weeks ago, and uh, this morning, God just really put it on my heart to go back through and really wrestle with what happened in the Book of Jonah. Because it's interesting, this morning, I'm reading uh, in Matthew, and uh, there's a part where the Pharisees uh, and the scribes say, hey, show us a sign, teacher, to Jesus. And Jesus says, the only sign you're going to get is the Jonah sign, right? And, and, and he talks about how he's going to die in three days to be resurrected. And that's what brought me back to that thought process of my being like Jonah or Jesus. So today we're going to read. Jonah. So let's dig in to the study. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. I like to switch it up a little keep it fresh cuz not everybody uses the same same Bible versions. The only thing I never use is the King James cuz nobody speaks like that anymore. And also lots of research research shows that it hasn't been updated uh, recently enough to correct the things that are missing. So that's why I don't ever use the King James or the New King James just so you guys know. So in the NLT here's what we're going to read. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the city of Nineveh, and announce my judgment against it, because I see how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he'll pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the uh, crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. Think about that. Hey, let's roll some dice. See which one of us ticked off God. Interesting. Uh, When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Funny part is Jonah was the culprit of this. Why has this awful storm come down on us? They demanded, who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? It's interesting. They're like, where are you from? Like, what's the problem that, that your God would do this? Jonah answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? At least Jonah was honest here. He said, throw me in the sea, Jonah said, and it'll become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. I want to stop right here because we're going to read some pretty crappy stuff about Jonah and how he's behaved. But I want to own. I want to acknowledge something right here that is one of the hardest things for for many of us to do uh, when we're followers of God and we we step out of God's plan. And that is, He acknowledged that it was His fault, that He had control over the direction He was going, and He went the wrong way. I, props to Jonah for that. So verse 13. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them. They couldn't make it. Then they cried out. To the Lord, Jonah's God. Interesting, they had their gods, but then they realized, whoa, his is the real deal. So they cried out to Jonah's God, oh Lord, they pleaded. Don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. lord you have sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons then the sailors picked up jonah threw him in the raging sea and the storm stopped at once the sailors were awestruck by the lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him now the lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow jonah and jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights chapter two See, i told you it goes fast then jonah prayed to the lord his god from inside the fish I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. So Jonah says, I called you from the land of the dead. That is a really interesting phrase. Hebrew is sheol. We talk about hell, right, in the Bible. And sheol is a word often used for hell. Notice that Jonah says, I called to you from hell, and Lord, you heard me. So to Jonah, being inside the belly of the fish was hell. That was hell on earth. That'll be a whole nother episode of Bible study. But make a note of that. Because, see, there wasn't, this wasn't some eternal lake of fire. He's in the belly of a fish and he called it hell. Interesting. It says, you threw me in the, into the ocean depths and I sank down in the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. So as Jonas describing being in hell, he is looking to God. I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountain. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death as my life was slipping away. I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on God's mercies. But I'll offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise. And I'll fulfill all my vows for salvation comes from the Lord of the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out on the beach. Now, pause right here. What was Jonah doing? He was basically crying out for mercy from God. He's like, God, I know I went the wrong way. I know I've run from you. I know I didn't want to do what you wanted me to do, but God, I am in hell. Please please show me mercy that's basically what is happening here is jonah is crying out for mercy and what does god show him mercy here let's continue then the lord spoke to jonah a second time get up and go to the great city of nineveh and deliver the message i have given you this time jonah obeyed the lord's command and went to nineveh a city so large it took three days to see it all on the day jonah entered the city he shouted to the crowds Forty days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's scary. The people in Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one. Not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell, perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back His fierce anger from destroying us. When God saw that they, what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, He changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Let's talk for a minute here because a lot of times people say God doesn't change his mind, God doesn't whatever. We just read how God changed his mind. Huh. That is crazy. Think about that for a moment. This group of people who, by the way, to understand, like you would have to know uh, the people of Nineveh and how like nutty, bad stuff uh they were they were very much the well i heard a podcast basically equating them to the taliban and what they're doing today um the ninevites when they would those folks when they would conquer a place they would uh they would torture people they would rape women they would sacrifice and and murder children they were horrific horrific in what they did okay so it makes sense that jonah said i'm not going there I don't, I don't want to go there, but we're going to go, and this is where we're going to go into the part that ties into us, and do we really want God's mercy? Because we saw Jonah saying, I'm in hell right now, right, when he's in the belly of the fish, the worst place I could imagine being, I am there, God, you know, but I'm crying out to you and looking toward your temple, and God showed Jonah mercy. Jonah goes out, does what God says, and uh, the Ninevites actually, they, they repent, They they turn from their ways. These people who who slaughter and rape and murder have said, man, let's turn from our ways and maybe God will show us mercy. And it says when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways. So they stopped slaughtering people. They stopped raping women. They stopped killing babies. It says God changed his mind. He didn't carry out the destruction that he threatened. I want to I challenge us with something really quick. How many of us would be okay with God showing that kind of mercy to like the Taliban right now with what they're doing in Afghanistan? See, when we take this story from something that was a kid's story about, Jonah swallowed by a whale. The Ninvites changed their ways. Uh, it's a great kid's song. And it's easy to look at that story then. But when we put the rubber to the road about, Well, what would that look like today? It becomes a little harder to engage with God's mercy. And let me read part four and then we'll we'll wrap it there. So Jonah chapter four, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this Lord? Didn't I say you would do this Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are merciful. Look at this. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. So Jonah right here says, I knew, that you are a loving God. I knew that when people truly turn to you, you'll forgive them. I knew you were gonna do it. I knew you were gonna be kind and loving. I'd rather be dead. Jonas basically saying, I'd rather be dead than have you show mercy to those people. I'd rather you kill me than show them mercy. Wow. But let's go on the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Now, that's a strong question. Is it right for you to be angry about this? What is this? About me forgiving people who genuinely turned their life around. How many times do we see somebody who has made a life change? Maybe they They found, you know, found out who Jesus was and what he did for them they changed their life. And then how many times do we look at them and just wait for them to fail again, right? God, I don't know why you're showing blessings to this person, right? They're not really changed. It's powerful. God asks, is it right for you to be angry about this? Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. So God had said he had changed his mind right? He shows the mercy. Jonah still goes out waiting and watching to see what would happen. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort. And Jonah was grateful for the plant. Here's something I want to point out. As we watch Jonah reacting horribly to God showing someone mercy, Jonah's being kind of a jerk. Notice what God still did for him right? In spite of Jonah yelling at God, I knew you were good. I knew you were going to show mercy to them. I knew it. That's why I didn't want to do what you asked, told me to in the first place, right? So he goes off and rants and goes storming off to sit under a little shade a little bit to just watch the city. It seems like hoping to watch it still get destroyed. And what does God do? God still shows Jonah mercy and he grows a plant over him to shade him from the sun. It says, but God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. Hmm. So God gave him shade. God showed Jonah, remember, I show you mercy too. And then what happens? The worm eats through the stem, the plant withers away. And the sun grew hot and God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. Remember, sunrise in the east, that's the west. Okay. So, As the sun is rising, a warm wind comes in on Jonah, it's hot. The sun beats down on his head until he grew faint. And again, he wished to die. He said, death is certainly better than living like this. He exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you? Oh, here, I'll show the words to you. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Sounds like a child having a temper tantrum, but this is important. Okay. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Let's just read that last part again. Okay, so remember. God gives Jonah a plant to shade him and sends a worm to eat through the plant. So the plant's there basically, you know, for a day and then it dies. Jonah's so mad about this too, even though he's missing the point that God showed him mercy. The Lord says, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Okay. So what is God doing here? Well, there's a couple of things that we see. Number one, we see God gives Jonah this comparison of look at how you think versus how I think. You're upset about a plant dying that you didn't plant, that I grew and it, I grew it. I took it away and it's gone. And you're so mad you want to die. But here's 120,000 people who basically got it says, here's 120,000 people who were spiritually dead that I gave life to. He's like, "Do you feel bad about a plant? Shouldn't I feel bad when my children are in spiritual darkness?" So much so, again, the Ninevites that where they were at culturally, you can Google this stuff like they've found, you know, digs and things like that archeologically that show like they were sacrificing children. We know that when they conquered, they tortured people, they raped women. They were what we see on the news, the Taliban doing in Afghanistan. And I got to tell you, it's hard, isn't it, to think about the idea of praying for, for the people of the Taliban to change their heart and for God to, to, to help them change their heart and then show them mercy. That's a hard prayer. Kind of makes sick to your stomach, doesn't it? See, our flesh, it's amazing that God has created us as people of flesh and people of the spirit. And see, our flesh feels like Jonah a lot, right? Taliban, I know there's a big extreme thing. Think of the political people that are that are doing stuff that you feel is hurting the world. Think of the person who hurt you in your life. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've been abused. I, I, I bet it's really hard, you know, for those people that have wounded us to think, God, please change their heart so that they follow you and then show them mercy in spite of what they've done. I know that's a hard one for me. See, my flesh can relate to Jonah a lot here because he knows what those the Ninevites have done to people. He knows how they've hurt people and he doesn't want God to show mercy. But once we become followers of Jesus, once we realize what God did for us, and no, I haven't done what the Taliban has done or the Ninevites have done, but I know I've turned my back on God and he's shown me mercy and blessings and grace probably has shown you the same in your life, right? Once we think and we really feel like we grasp what Jesus has done for us and we start following him, God's Holy Spirit is in us. So our, our, God's Holy Spirit is gonna war with your flesh. Your flesh is gonna wanna be like Jonah, but your spirit wants to be like Jesus. And Jesus was the perfect example of God's love. We see God, Showing love to the Ninevites who prayed and changed their ways. We see the scriptures talking about God showing us love even before we changed our ways. So what does that mean? And how how could we live that out? Well, here's what I want to challenge all of us to wrestle with. God showed us mercy while we were still sinners, not after we changed, like with the Ninevites. For us, God has shown us grace far beyond what he showed Nineveh because He didn't wait for us to have a heart change and a life change to send Jesus to to wipe our slate clean, to clear away the debt that sin caused in the world. He got us. We're good. But now for us, I think that's part of what makes it even more challenging. See, with what happened in Nineveh, uh, it seemed pretty black and white, right? Like destruction's coming unless you change. So they were like fearful, like, ah. Let's change, and maybe God will show us mercy. But with us, God sent Jesus before we changed. God wiped our slate clean before we changed. Before we said, God, I I want to follow you. God, I need you in my life. So it can make it very easy for us to go, that I get to live however I want. I don't need to change. I don't need to do anything because God saved me. So if he saved me, I don't need to. That's a pretty crummy way to live out a relationship, isn't it? I mean, he loved us first. He he wiped our slate clean before we did anything. And by the way, even if we had done everything right, we could never earn it. But God showed us mercy. Now, here's what I wanna challenge you with uh, today. Think about that wound in your life that just seems like it ain't been healing. That wound that you've experienced. And maybe you haven't personally experienced one that feels like that. Maybe it's just when you're watching the news and you're looking at atrocities happening all over the world. I want to challenge you to to pray for those people, not only the ones hurting, but the ones doing the hurting, that God would work in their heart to change them, that he would bring them around. And I'm going to say these words, bring them back. Because when we were created, we were created to walk with God. The word repent doesn't just mean turn, it means turn back to. So even you know the bullhorn preacher guy, it's like, repent! You've... The biggest problem is most of them assume that these people were never originally created to walk with God. They just think they're, they're created and damned to hell. But that's not the beginning of the story. The story doesn't start with humanity being aimed at destruction. Go back to the beginning of the Bible. The story starts with us being created to be in community with God. What? Created to live eternally. See, we were created in God's image, not in the image of garbage thrown in a fire. And Christians, we've gotta stop beginning the story with sin, hell, damn. That's not how God's story started for us. We were created in God's image. He created us male. And female. That's the beginning. That's a beautiful, awesome beginning. That means everyone, even the people walking in darkness, the 120,000 Ninevites who were living in spiritual darkness, slaughtering, raping, murdering, sacrificing children, were created in God's image. And then they walked away in their lives. They turned back. God showed the mercy. The challenge for us, think of the person, the one that's hurt you the most, the one that drives you the most nuts, the one that causes chaos in your life. Believe me, we've all got them. I've got them. If you don't have them, God bless you. But I know you see atrocities all over and our challenge is this. Let us not just pray for the wounded and the hurt, but let's pray for heart change. Let's not have a heart like Jonah and pray for destruction and bad things to fall on someone's head. Let's not pray for that. Let's instead pray for change. Let's instead ask God, work in their heart, show them who you are, show them that you are a good and merciful God and show them how to be like you. And then, God, would you show them mercy? That's hard. But that seems to be the way Jesus did it. And I'll I'll share one last thing to remind you. This isn't some progressive Christianity crap, don't label stuff. It's not some deconstruction. This This is looking at the heart of Jesus and the heart of God and going, how can we imitate that? Jesus himself, as he's dying, he had gotten whipped and the flesh ripped from his skin, then nailed on a wooden cross, right? Through his hands and his feet. Uh, And what does he say on the cross? God forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Does it get any more merciful than that? I don't think so. And that's the guy we're supposed to copy. So those of you, now I'm going to challenge my friends that call themselves Christians. Those of you out there, are you being salt and light? Are you being, when you share God's love, God's truth, are you doing it in a way that reminds people that God is loving and merciful? See, because we tend to think that Tanakh, the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, we tend to think that that was the God of wrath and judgment and Jesus brought the God of love. But I just read to you a story from Jonah where God showed mercy to rapists, murderers, and child killers. Sounds like he's been the God of love and mercy since the beginning. Let's try and be like him. That's today's Bible study. That's where we're going to wrap it up. Listen, if 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 this resonated with you, will you please, please do me a favor? Click share. Share it to the groups you're in. Share it on your Facebook page. Uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe, share. Same thing on Facebook. Would you please like, comment? Adam, thank you for always tuning in, bro. Love you, man. For the other three who I can't see that are watching, I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for watching. Remember, uh, YouTube Todd Jesus Way, uh, YouTube.com forward slash Jesus Way. You can subscribe. If you want to get updates on the house church that's launching, look, it's right over my eyes. Text church to 833-524-0592. That's 833-524-0592, toll-free number. But uh, if you don't have like unlimited texting, standard messaging rates apply. I have to say that. If you do that, no, I won't spam you, but I will give you updates on the house church that Dara and I are launching, which is gonna be a small group in our home as we do a little Bible study. Uh, that'll be shared online. And then uh, we're also gonna um, create some like conversation starter questions so that people can download those so that you can share a meal, invite some friends over, hear stuff like what you just heard, and then have... Uh, some conversation starters to guide you through a conversation as you guys are sharing a meal together. If we look at the way church is done in the Bible, yes, there are uh, gatherings where people are worshiping. We see like the day of Pentecost, huge thousands of people. But what we see so often is people getting together in houses, uh, sharing the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper wasn't a wafer and a sip of wine. They would break bread. They would share a meal and they would talk about God. And that's what we want to recreate in our home. And we also want to open it up so that we can help recreate that in your homes too. So we'd love if you would join us on that journey. You can learn more at besaltandlight.church. You can put your email in there if you want email updates. If you need prayer, you can also do, get those. Get some prayer. Uh Go there. There's a little form. You can fill it out. And my wife and I will be praying for you. Listen, uh, no matter where you're at, you're just one moment away from like walking closer with Jesus, so can I encourage you to do that. And by the way, for those of you that uh, watch this live or after the fact that go, man, I don't, uh, I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't even have him in my life. I don't have a Bible. You can download the Bible app for free. If you're watching this on a phone, you've got the technology to do it. It's absolutely free. But if you if you would like a Bible, if you would like, a, you know, physical, I can hold it in my hand, Bible. Um, head over to church or email me. And uh, my wife and I will buy and send one to you from Amazon. We'll send you probably like the New Living Translation or or the Message or something that's a good, easy read um, that translates well. Um, so we'll be happy to buy it for you at No Strings Attached uh, and ship it to you as long as you live in the continental United States. Um, we'll We'll do that for you free of charge. Listen, we want to help. We want to be disciples that help make disciples of Jesus. Not disciples of us, not disciples of some super pastors. But we want to help people. Really dig into their Bible, and I'm going to end on this. Don't just trust what I say. Read your Bible, study, study original Greek and Hebrew, and what those words mean, and and study the text in context. Uh, I talked about this the other day, but when Satan came to tempt Jesus, he actually used Scripture to do so. There are a lot of pastors out there that um, we're all struggling with stuff that we see on TV and hear in the news and tough things, and a lot of times our flesh gets in the way of the gospel, right? So a lot of times. We end up looking for um, Bible verses to validate our feelings instead of looking for Bible verses to shape how we should feel. Um, So I wanna challenge you, don't just take what I say as the gospel truth, don't take what any pastor says as the gospel truth. Uh, Open your Bible, read it, pray, ask God, Holy Spirit to speak to you. If you're following Jesus, if you've said, it, it, not if you've said, well, listen, Jesus saved you, but if you've said, Jesus, I, I, I want to follow you, I want to accept you in my heart, I want to know you, I want to walk with you. If you sincerely seek God, the Bible says, you seek God, He'll draw close to you. When, when you become a follower of Jesus, uh, you know, get baptized, tell the world, I'm in. Let God's Holy Spirit fill you up and listen to His Spirit speak to you. Read the scriptures listen for God to answer. Ask God questions. If Jonah can yell and scream and throw a tantrum and still God will love him, you're safe to ask God the tough questions. And if you really listen, he'll give you an answer. May not always be the one you want, but it'll always be the honest one. There you go. Love you guys. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. Again, please share it. I think you're all super and uh, I will see you tomorrow.